The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hey, NBA fans. Uh, this is Brent Carlson here. Uh, I'm here today with William, and we are sitting in for Corbin tonight. He is not feeling well. Uh, so we're going to cover for him on NBA Today here on Hoopball. Excited to be filling in. William, thanks for joining me, man. Oh, great to be with you, Brent. You know, we go back. So it's always great to connect with you on these podcasts. And hopefully Corbin is feeling better soon. Yeah, man, I could sit here and talk basketball for hours, but we do have a game coming up in an hour and a half uh, tonight, which we'll touch on uh, our predictions for that game and that series. If you want to reach me on Twitter and and talk about in the NBA, you can reach me at Brent Middleman. Um, I'm also uh, do a weekend show uh, with Doug. We do the NBA uh, around the association for for NBA today uh, on the weekend on Hoopball. And and William, how can people find you before we get started here? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at William is Bill. Check me out on there. And, you know, we at Hoopball, we have started an uh, Instagram page also. We're mainly popular on Twitter. So now we're starting an uh, Instagram page at Hoopball Official. So check us out there. We got some great content for you guys also. That's awesome. Yeah, basketball everywhere you look. <laughs> and uh, we're winding <laughs> down here on the season, but, you know, there's going to be a ton of stuff to talk about. And maybe we should start start with talking about some of the, the news around the association. And, and some of the big news you were telling me about was – uh, the Bulls have a new coach. You want to fill it right in on that? Yeah, OKC and Billy Donovan parted ways. And out of the blue, uh, the Bulls went ahead and signed Billy Donovan as their head coach. It's a bit of a surprise to most people because I think no one really expected Billy Donovan to go from a playoff contending team to such an upstart rebuilding team with the Bulls. But uh, he clearly he flourished in college when he coached Florida. And so he might like uh, coaching the young guys. There's no player that's bigger than the team and see if he can build that up. So that'll be an interesting mix to see how he does there. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's OKC was right in the hunt there and had a really good chance to to go pretty far this year. Maybe he kind of, you know, maybe the writing was on the wall a little bit with with uh, Chris Paul probably probably going to be getting traded, I would think. And. You know, there were there were a few problems with the team, although they did have a pretty good young young core there. You know, Chicago does have some exciting players on their roster. They have Otto Porter coming back from injury. I could see uh, him, you know, wanting to bring that, you know, kind of historic team uh, in Chicago uh, back to the limelight. I could definitely see the appeal there. Uh, Chicago, you know, is infamous in the NBA with those Jordan years. And, you know, Chicago is such a big city in the U.S. I think just the the idea of going to such a big market like that must have been really cool to him. Yeah, and I'm sure money played a factor. You know, it's like because you, you, <laughs> most people would rather rebuild with the, you know, team that's clearly we would think OKC is more talented than Chicago. I think money was a factor. and uh, But the Bulls do have uh, a good future also because they have the fourth pick in the draft. So if they nail that. They could they could be headed you know on their way especially in the east it's not as tough as the west so you know in a couple of years maybe they could be you know like the Miami Heat you know four fifth seed and just you know flourishing toward the top yeah totally that's um you know those that the draft picks big 
Yeah, and I, I think, you know, money might have been the main factor there. <laughs> the money, the bright lights of Chicago. Um, you know, you can't really fault them for that. But, you know, that does leave a pretty lucrative, uh, I don't know if it's lucrative, but a pretty enticing role uh, opening up in OKC for a yeah. coach to go to. Um, so to be look interesting. Look out for, uh, I mean, this is, I, I have no inside information, but look out for Mike D'Antoni, you know, maybe going to OKC. I can see that as a good fit. Yeah, that would be, you know, I know he is definitely interested in testing that free agent market, and he would be an interesting fit with that team, with the young guys that they have. And even with, with Chris Paul, I know him and Chris Paul have a history in Houston, so it'll be interesting if Chris Paul sticks around there, if Mike D'Antoni's hired and, and buys into that system. I know there's another, there's a few other coaches out there. One of the big names that I know that's out there is Mike Brown with the Warriors, who's getting a lot of attention. I don't know if OKC will talk to him, but I do know that he did score an interview with Indiana, is what I read. So yeah, it's a lot interesting. of good teams need a coach right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and Indiana is definitely one of those good teams. I mean, they have yeah. some great players. Chances are they're going to make a trade there, probably. Uh, it sounds like Miles Turner has been on the block and and could be available out there. Uh, I don't know if the Turner Sabonis. Uh, experiment has really worked. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts there? Do you think Indiana uh, could use a guy like Mike Brown? I know he got a chance with Cleveland and LeBron before, and he's obviously gotten a great reputation being attached to the Warriors and, and the whole winning that they've done there. And he filled in for Steve Kerr in the playoffs when Steve Kerr was out. So uh, do you think Mike Brown deserves a shot at getting back to head coaching after before? And uh, how, what do you think his chances are like in Indiana? I mean, he's definitely put in the time, you know, and the experience. Uh, but it seems like to me he's more of just an average coach. So I think he's better off as an assistant because uh, when he is in control without LeBron, you know, he's just middle of the pack coach. You know, I don't think he excites a fan base. I don't think players are like, oh, yeah, I really want to play for Mike Brown. So I think like you have guys like Sam Cassell is being considered for jobs. People will be excited to play for Sam Cassell. You know, people will be excited to play for Jason Kidd, you know, Mark Jackson. Uh, it's, it's, it's a couple of guys out there um, like that. So, you know, the Warriors, you know, like everyone wanted to be attached to the winning teams. You know, Luke Walton looked amazing when he was coaching the Warriors. When he went to the Kings, you know, you see what it is. It was the talent, not necessarily the coaching. Uh, Alvin Gentry went to New Orleans from the Warriors. Didn't really win. It was it's more of the Warriors than the coaching. So I don't I don't think Mike Brown would be any different than those other two. Yeah, that's a good point. The the Luke Walton, you know, going what twenty eight no with the Warriors and, and then going right. to uh the Lakers and the Kings and not not really doing well at all. <laughs> and a lot of people <laughs> I, I see the hate that he gets on Twitter, you know, is some of his coaching errors have been very very blatant i mean benching buddy healed and some of his late game decision making has, has been called into question a lot so it's it's definitely about about the talent um yeah alvin gentry he was what with toronto too right and then and then detroit or and then he's been all over the place <laughs> yeah and and he was the guy he won coach of the year and and then and then got laid off so that's uh that I mean I remember that being controversial, but he hasn't really shown since then that that it was all about him. So maybe it was more about the talent, and it just shows like when we we see a lot of these interesting moves that get made in the NBA that that maybe there's a lot more going on behind the scenes or 
or something that the the executives see that we don't see or maybe even some of the players say things that we don't we don't we're not really privy to or or if you're not really paying close attention you might miss um and that that's always the interesting thing about the nba we see these things these news headlines and we go what and then and then we dig a little deeper and you go oh okay that makes sense yeah i can see that um so we'll see i mean yeah you're, you're right there's so many teams out there that are that have great players and great great foundational pieces that could use a coach and you know i know there's a lot of ex coaches who've been out of the league a couple of years who i think are might be chomping on the bit to get back in so i'm excited to see who signs next yeah i've even heard uh chauncey billups mention uh, i think maybe with the Kings. so i mean it's okay. a lot of a lot of openings like because you know steve nash got hired by brooklyn and yeah. that took people by surprise so it's, it's gonna be a lot of changes going into the next season it seems like that's the thing in the nba now is the the ex-player making mm-hmm. making a good coach we see how you know well steve kerr's done in that role yeah. you know but i mean that's kind of been like that for a long time a lot of a lot of coaches were ex-players uh phil jackson mike dunleavy you know all these guys i uh, you know the list goes on and on it's not all jeff van gundy's and you know guys who didn't who didn't actually play in the right. league uh so and, and in the nba it's not not always so much about the x's and o's because everybody's so skilled and, and the offenses are, are really taught by a lot of the assistant coaches. It's really more about a guy who can relate to the players and really draw yeah. the best, the best out of them. And yeah, keep, especially keep when you have happy. those superstars. Yeah. But like, you know, yeah. I think uh, the coach that's really shining in these playoffs is Eric Spolstra. So, you know, I could see a lot of teams trying to find their own version of Eric Spolstra. Cause if you don't have those superstars, I think he is doing an amazing job of coaching up the players and uh, executing the plays with the players. So, uh, you know, some of these teams could hire an unknown that we've never heard of. And next thing you know, they'll, we'll see why, because they're similar to Eric Spolstra. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, Spolstra is one of those interesting coaches that he's had that experience with the superstars, having, you know, Wade and Bosh mm-hmm. and, and LeBron there. But he's also had the experience of having to to build a team with a bunch of, you know, frankly, nobodies and, and doing really well and maximizing their potential. And, and we've seen and we've seen that sort of, we see a mix of that on the team this year, you know, with Butler being that superstar and, and Bam Adebayo right on the verge of, of that superstardom, but also being able to get, to get the most out of guys like Kendrick Nunn, who, who was in the yeah. Warriors G league and they picked him up off the G league and, and turned him into an almost rookie of the year candidate. Yeah, and and he's really you know brought guys like Bam along and Tyler Hero you know coming along and and finding guys like uh, Duncan Robinson, you know that leads yeah. us nicely into this this Heat Celtics series where we where we have the game. I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, perfect. So what yeah. what are your thoughts on that series? Is Boston done? Can they come back? You know, what do you think about the Heat so far? Well, yeah, this has been an amazing series so far. You know. Uh, the Miami is up three games to one, but it's easily could have been two to two or three one. You know, Celtics. Uh, I, I love this matchup. Before it started, on this show with Corbin, I, I declared I believe that the Heat would win in seven. So I did not expect them to be up three one, but I do expect the Celtics to at least win one more game. They could possibly win two more games if they're not too deflated from this last loss. You know, in game three, uh, after that loss, the the team kind of imploded. You know, had a big yelling match in the uh, locker room. So it seemed like they got things back together. 
you know, they almost won game four, but, you know, they're going to have to, you know, really, really, really fight hard to get this next game because Miami is ready to go to the championship, especially led by Jimmy Butler. And, you know, I love the the game by Tyler Hero. He was the story of yesterday. Uh, yesterday. He just went off. What do you think about that, Brent? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone who has been paying attention was surprised by his game. But he really got the attention of just your casual basketball fan, too. He's going to end up being a household name. I noticed in Summer League just how controlled, how smooth his game is. And, I mean, it was all on display last night. Definitely. 37 points, 6 rebounds. And it it seemed like it was a time where no one else on the team could really get their shot that they wanted. And they were kind of like, should I shoot it? Should you shoot it? And... Tyler Hero was just like, okay, if you guys don't want to shoot it, I'll shoot it every time. <laughs> and he was knocking them down. And he plays a lot of his games like that. Uh, like the game before, he was pulling up, shooting bad threes, and he just happened to miss. And then yesterday, those happened to go in. you got to love his confidence. And uh, it's crazy how, you know, we mentioned Kendrick Nunn. He's not even getting in the game anymore. I, it's coach's decision. I have no idea why. I seem like It seems like they could use him a little bit. But Tyler Hero has clearly surpassed him, and now it's becoming the second biggest offensive threat for this team. And the team is just gelling so well. I love their team. And uh, if the Celtics are going to beat them, they need to bring their A game. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, none, I think, is a little bit of a, you know, I, I mean, but with Kemba in there, I was going to say that he seems like maybe maybe his defense Maybe that's why they don't have him in there. But he also hasn't really been lighting up the scoreboard. His shooting has really cooled off from from where he was at earlier in the year. But you're right. I think it also just means I think they just want to play Hero more minutes. And that really yeah. is just at, you know, it's just taken away from none. Which um, it just shows how deep Miami is. Where you have mm-hmm. guys that were played that many minutes and contributed that much throughout the year just sitting on the bench. But they're ready to go next man up if someone gets hurt. And that, you know, that says a lot about Miami's uh, chances here in the playoffs because injuries are going to happen. Guys are going to get banged up. Guys are going to have off nights. And you, you always, it seems like every championship run, you could look at a couple of series or a game here or there where some guy off the bench just had to step up and and go crazy, kind of like uh, P.J. Dozier did for, for the Nuggets in that game the other night. If you wanna, if you wanna yeah. transition over to the other series for a minute, since we got that game coming up tonight, uh, did you have anything well, else you, on, on Celtics and the Heat? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk anything about the Celtics? You know, uh, like it wasn't it weird that Jason Tatum was scoreless in the first half of that game? Did you see anything going on, or you think he just, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he was scared of the moment, but what do you think was going on with him in that first half? That's a good question. You know, I, I agree. It didn't it didn't seem like it was anything mental or anything. I, I you know, I think I think he was settling for, for too many shots and not trying to get to the rim and and sometimes, yeah. you know, that, that long ball, you know, that's not always gonna fall, no matter how good you are. But the best players are able to get themselves to the line, get to the rim, get a couple of easy baskets to try to get their momentum back. And for him, his first basket back in the second half when he finally scored was a long three. So he just he just seems like he wants to settle for that three ball a little too much. And it might be the 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 zone that Miami was playing. I that, think so. That just wasn't giving that was kind of giving him fits a little bit. So I think we have to give yeah. Miami's defense a bit of credit too. Um they were playing like a one two two 
it looked like, which was which really leads itself to a lot of trapping. And and uh, Tatum sent, seems to start his offense a lot from either top of the key or or you know the top right or left there. Um, that forty five degree angle from the hoop mm-hmm. and uh, that one two two zone. It's made to trap that that front guard to shut him down and then move over and trap those wing guys. And I think that was just giving him and Brown and Kemba a lot of trouble. And unfortunately, they just don't really have the big men to to take advantage of a zone like that. Um, and and they're, when your shot's not falling from three, you're going to be in trouble. And we saw that last night. Yeah, and Tatum, you know, he's he he hasn't had that killer mentality yet because he's such a young player, and nice guy. And I think he's going to have to turn that on next game. Uh, you know, you know, Kobe was his inspiration, so he's going to have to pull out a little Kobe and be like, okay, they're doubling. <laughs> I'm still going to have to go, you know. I can't just pass it and make the best play every time. And uh, you had a great point about Gordon Hayward. We were speaking earlier. You want to talk about that? Oh, yeah, that's right. So <laughs> so we all know that that Hayward uh, missed the birth of his child. Well, he got to see it on FaceTime, I guess. But he missed being there in person for the birth of his first child. Uh, congratulations, by the way. If this well, it's gets... his fourth child. Oh, no, it's his fourth? Oh, never mind, yeah. man. What do... He doesn't need to be there for that. Come but on. look, he had, it was his fourth <laughs> child. He's had three girls. This was the first boy. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, uh, what was his name? Theodore or uh, something? <laughs> Gordon Theodore. You wanted to call him GT, but his wife wants to call him Theo. I thought I saw they talked about a tweet at halftime or something. <laughs> but but I was saying, I, I go, uh, if they lose this series, he's gonna his wife's never going to forgive him for not being there for the birth <laughs> of the child. <laughs> this is one of those stories where you got to win the series to say like he missed the birth of his child to help his team win. But if they still lose, man, that story's going to go the other way real quick. Yeah. Especially if they lose four to one, I mean, <laughs> at least go seven. <laughs> so they, yeah, we're, we're, there's we're a lot of reasons they need to win that game. I, I think even, I think Brad Stevens is even on the hot seat. If they lose four one, like how many chances does this guy going to get? You know, they keep loading up this roster for them. They spend big money. Ainge goes out and makes big trades, gets high draft picks to bring in top talent, and they still just can't get over that hump to get to the championship. And so I think you got to start taking well, a look. I, I know mean, Stevens, people I, love him, but, yeah, go right. ahead. I, I don't think I don't think Stevens will get too much flag because, you know, Kemba's not really playing like himself. I don't know. You know, he True. was like, hurt earlier in the year, and sometimes you just forget he's even out there. So I don't think he's a hundred percent. Tatum and Brown are young. I think I think Stevens will be safe. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't think you know he gets fired in the off season or anything. But I, I do think you get a he's going to have a shorter leash next season than he has in a long time because you know you only have so many you only have so many open windows to be successful in the NBA. You know, we're seeing that from like Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia missing oh, yeah. having that shot, Kawhi's shot. That that shot misses, and it's a whole different story. But that shot goes in. Toronto wins the championship, and now Philly, you know, gets swept out of the playoffs. They, and they yeah. lose Ben Simmons, and injuries start happening. And now you're questioning: Can we have Embiid and Simmons on the same team? They went out and spent all this money to 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 set up, you know, this great starting five who was barely on the floor at the same time all season. So that window closed really fast for Philadelphia. And how many more chances is Boston going to get? I mean, look, they had Tatum, Brown, great young players. Kemba's going to be there. He's still got at least a couple years left. 
you know, you have a couple good young uh, defensive-minded guys like Robert Williams coming off the bench. Um, you saw, you're still going to have Gordon Hayward if he can stay healthy. Well, are they going to still have Gordon Hayward? His, they can let him go. Yeah? And, you know, he's making $30 million. I, I think they could use uh, a big man more importantly than having Gordon Hayward. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting. I think he's the guy that's going to be affected most by if they lose this series. So you think they look to trade him? I think. Who can yeah, I, think, get I think I think I think they would be able to trade him. He, he can either walk or be traded, and so if they can trade him, I would see them trading him because he's not really, you know, that big of a help right now because he's not a hundred percent the Gordon Hayward he was in Utah. True, you know. So if some other team thinks he is that, I remember Charlotte uh, wanted him a few years ago, but he chose uh, Boston. You know, some other team. Would pay top dollar for Gordon Hayward when the Celtics are really using him as a fourth option. True. Yeah. No. I mean, man, talk about <laughs> how shitty would that be for Gordon to go from Boston to Charlotte? <laughs> you know, Brent, the... I'm a Charlotte fan. Okay? I know. Come I know. <laughs> That's why I was waiting for you to even back me up on that. But uh, look, Charlotte's got some good young players, and getting Gordon Hayward would be pretty awesome would help them. to go along with bridges yeah. and pj washington but what do you have to give up though to get him i mean so is he coming in the last year of his contract True. i thought he i thought he had a couple years left i think it's either one or two years left okay because we we did an expansion draft you know with hoop ball in this offseason and uh we with the celtics we didn't keep him we let him go to the free agent pool so i can't remember if it was one or two years but yeah it's got to be close okay yeah, I mean, he's got a big contract, but yeah, if there's only a couple years left, that's that's definitely tradable. And, yeah. you know, I definitely don't see Boston trying to re-sign him. <laughs> or I wonder if he has a player option or a team option. But you're right. I, I think they're – they with the way Brown has, has come up this year, I think it's made yeah. Hayward more expendable because they're almost, they're almost the same position, really. And yeah, really, Brown fits better the way he's been playing with his defense also. Yep, it's been amazing. Yeah, but I guess we should we should get to the two teams everyone wants to talk about. That's a good Lakers idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Nuggets just continue to to just be the Nuggets. I mean, I can't even compare them to another team that's done anything like this before. I mean, I, I said in one of the other uh, one of the other podcasts that you know coming back from three one twice in a row, I don't think it, I don't think it had ever happened. I think the format allows for stuff like that because there's really no home court advantage. So winning three games in a row is definitely more possible in in a bubble like this where you don't have to go play on the other team's home court and try yeah. to steal one. So I'm not totally shocked that that happened. But, man, can the Nuggets just win a game when their backs aren't to the wall? Like, why <laughs> why do they have to be on the brink of elimination to play hard? <laughs> That's the I know, part right? I don't I don't understand. And also, is this team the automatic championship team if Will Barton is healthy? You mean add uh, another it, piece like that? Come well, on. Well, see, this is the thing. Sometimes not having a player helps a team. So we don't know. If he were to come mm-hmm. back now, that might hurt the chemistry. So you, you just never know. But Gary Harris came back, and he was a flawless transition. He helped the team. But, you know, that would just be less minutes for Michael Porter, maybe Jeremy Grant. So, you know, you're going to gain something, you might lose something. But 
I love the way these uh, Nuggets were have been playing. You know, they could be up two one. You know, yeah. they got it was a really heartbreaking loss in game two, and Anthony yeah. Davis hit that three. That you know, that wasn't an easy shot. That was that was really everything the Nuggets could want for the Lakers to have to shoot that, and he hit it. You yeah, know? Jokic so, was right in his face. He yeah, barely so. got it over his hand. If Plumlee had just followed him over that screen, uh-huh. uh huh. It was like Plumlee thought it was like five seconds left or something. It's yeah, like, you know, it's, it's only two seconds. <laughs> but yeah. you know, but I love this Denver team the way they've been playing, and uh, you know, uh, Bobo's not even getting off the bench. You know, he was the story of the bubble in the beginning. But, yeah, you know, it just just this whole team is lovable, and you know, they they play tonight. And it's a must-win game, I believe. You don't want to be down 3-1 in the position that the Celtics are. And uh, everyone's going to be rooting for the Nuggets tonight, I believe. Yeah. Except, he... Well, look, this is Corbin's show. Corbin loves the Lakers, so he, <laughs> he might call him <laughs> sick again tomorrow if the Lakers lose again. Well, he can love the Lakers on his own show. We uh, When we're <laughs> subbing in, we can root for the Nuggets. Who, there you go. You know, look, look, the Lakers are a really likable team, too. I mean, it's... I think people do get tired of seeing LeBron always in the finals. and mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's a great story with AD, who was, you know, a great player. He put in his time on uh, on New Orleans. He Yeah, he demanded a trade. But at some point, when you're that good and you know you're that good, you can't blame someone for wanting a chance, especially someone like AD, who's very conscious, uh, conscious of his legacy and wanting to be known and remembered as one of the greatest players of all time. And it's really hard to do that when you're not at least playing for a championship most of the time. So this is this, that shot. I could see why in the post game interview, he, he said like, you know, I want the ball. I want, I want to take shots like that for my legacy. I mean, it's really obvious that that's top of mind for him. So I get why he wanted out and I can't really blame him for that. He gave a lot to, to New Orleans. He had a lot of injuries there. He played really hard as, as really the main guy until till they got Cousins. Um, and then that experiment, of course, because of injuries, had, had failed, even though they were playing really well. And that would have been really fun to see them try to do something there with that. But, um, you know, as, a, as someone who grew up loving the NBA and being a big Magic Johnson fan in the 80s, there is something cool about seeing the Lakers uh, be back up there again. Uh, I'm not an anti-Laker person like like some people tend to be. I, I'm more of a, just an NBA fan, and, and seeing the Lakers there is cool. But this Nuggets team just reminds me so much of the Warriors before they got KD uh-huh. when they came up and got that first championship. And it was a bunch of guys who 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 came who were drafted by the team and were raised up with the team and just just had this really great chemistry and you know they had superstar players who were emerging and in curry and and thompson they had a glue guy and draymond and the nuggets if you look around they have all those pieces they have the young guys who are contributing they have the role players who can just come in like i remember that those warrior teams like igudala or livingston would would alternate having great games off the bench or there was one game where leandro barbosa had come in and scored like nine points in, in like in, in the third quarter of a big game. And, and they're getting that the nuggets have PJ Dozier coming in or Monte Morris. They have the, these bench guys coming out and having big moments and spurring big runs and your superstars are stepping up and having big games like Jokic and Murray are, are doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, Murray, some of those threes he was hitting 
in that last ridiculous. game were just ridiculous. And he's just he's doing the curry curry shimmy back down the court with the shoulders. I couldn't help but think of think of those early Warrior teams, and I couldn't help get get sucked into to rooting for those guys. Um, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, and they I mean they have a really strong deep team with great players, but you know the Lakers are so big and so tough and then LeBron just having LeBron I mean maybe the greatest player of all time it's going to be a battle and and we're, we'll see if that if not if that shot by AD ends up being the difference in the series cuz that would be heartbreaking that would yeah, be yeah. like Kawhi's bounce bouncer that went in for the Sixers and I, I'd hate to see the yeah. Nuggets go out like that after after coming back from 3-1 so it'd be really cool to see him even up this series tonight yeah, hopefully they will, you know, and you mentioned how the Lakers are so big, you know, but last last game, you know, Anthony Davis had two rebounds, Dwight yeah. Howard one rebound, you know, McGee one rebound. So they played small. And, you know, I don't know if it was because of that game winner, AD hit, he was thinking, okay, I'm Kobe now. So, you know, I'm going to play on perimeter <laughs> the whole game. <laughs> like, we still need you to get rebounds, big fella. Yeah, really. I mean, I know he grew up a point guard and then grew like right. seven inches or something over the summer and and became the center but yeah he needs to be down there banging they need Dwight Howard to be down there causing trouble like he did the game before <laughs> he was just getting under Jokic's skin and as much as um as much as that kind of basketball bothers me I also I also I can appreciate the guys that are really good at that type of thing <laughs> the Dennis Rodmans and the Bruce Bowens so to that, see that Howard really... doing that it was a really old school way of just kind of getting Jokic out of the game but then Jokic came back last night and did not want his team to lose and and it's nice yeah. to see him getting the props he deserves yeah and um also you know shout out to Rondo you know he's kind of yeah. counted out he played a, a, a really good game for what he's been doing he got a bunch of steals at the end of the game oh that was crazy passes. yeah yeah it was, it was just like he willed the, the Lakers back into that game so uh, I'm a fan of Rondo I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that and uh you know, like uh, the Lakers are going to need, I think LeBron James, you know, he had the quietest triple-double I think anyone has ever had <laughs> in, in such a big game. Yeah. I think tonight tonight he's going to explode, in my opinion. I think he's going to go for at least 40 points tonight. I could be wrong, but <laughs> I, could you know, see I, just think, I just think he's going to will this team. He's he's not going to go out like this again, back-to-back to the Nuggets. And uh, another thing we mentioned earlier was, you know, the Nuggets – have really been going through it game seven game seven coming back so much and they don't have as much as a rest as they would if they weren't in the bubble yep. like they're playing basically every other night for a month straight and uh you know eventually they're gonna wear down a little bit but fortunately for them they are a really young team and uh i think that might be why they get down so early in the series because they're so tired and then they're like okay we gotta come back come on let's let's go ahead and do this yeah um but, yeah, that fatigue, you know, it should affect the Nuggets, but it could affect the Lakers because they have the older players. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, Rondo's no spring chicken. LeBron's, what, 35? You forget LeBron's yeah. 35 or 36 just the way he looks. Yeah. Like, he looks like a 25-year-old out there. It's yeah. crazy. But, I, I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see what LeBron does tonight and then what AD does if AD does come out and start hitting the boards a little bit. I'd be curious to see if he's – I wouldn't be surprised if he had 10 boards by halftime after after last yeah. game, watching the film, seeing that he had no rebounds after, what, the first half or three quarters even. It was something crazy like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 
I could see uh you know I could see him coming out and and just him and LeBron really trying hard and and Rondo you know playoff Rondo is a real thing he he's hitting he's hitting threes he's stealing I mean he has and then they showed a stat that was interesting uh because they showed LeBron's triple double and he was getting close to Magic Johnson's he's only like six behind Magic Johnson for the most ever in the playoffs and they're crazy they're like both in the 30s or something and then um I think it was Jason Kidd was the third most and he had like 11 and then behind him was Rondo <laughs> with the fourth yeah, most. Yeah. So, you know, Rondo and he was hitting three, it was crazy. And those steals down the down the stretch. I'm glad you brought those up because when I was watching the game, I was like, how can you just keep letting Rondo do that? I know the refs <laughs> swallowed their whistles on a couple of those, like they're pretty yeah. physical steals. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was a, they were good no calls and they just set up LeBron for these easy dunks. And, you know, to the Nuggets' credit, they they withstood that because that would have demoralized a lot of teams. Yeah, and the Nuggets the Nuggets don't seem don't seem to get down though when the other team starts doing that, and and that's something the Lakers did to the other two teams in the playoffs and did to teams all year was they had this intimidation factor with their size with their with AD and LeBron. You know, once they started kind of beating up on you, teams sort of just gave in. But Nugget Nuggets don't have any quit in them. And they think they think every shot's going in, just like Murray from behind the line. He thinks everything's going down. And uh, I can't wait. I hope I, I hope to see more uh, Jokic rainbow threes tonight. That, <laughs> I don't know if there's a guy with a higher arc on his threes in the NBA than. I know you, you close your eyes for a second. You're like, is that Dirk? Oh no, that's that's Jokic out yeah. there. <laughs> Even on his free so, throws, uh, yeah, they're rainbows. What? Uh, so who do you have in tonight's game? Ooh. Lakers Nuggets. I, I see it's tough because <laughs> the Nuggets have to be worn down after these last couple games. But the Lakers had to play really hard last night too uh, to get to even get back in the game. So, but I but yeah. I but I think you're right. I think LeBron is going to come out tough. But I'm going to go Nuggets because I really want to see it go two two. I think Murray and Jokic have to have so much confidence. And he, and and Michael Porter Jr. I mean, these guys were all on fire last game. Even Monte Morris was dropping threes. I think their confidence is so high right now that it's really going to take LeBron and AD just just dominating them to to slow them down. And I don't think they will. I think the Nuggets are just playing with a lot of confidence and I think I think they can pull another one out here in a row. Um so, well, yeah, I, I'm gonna I, go Nuggets. I, predicted, <laughs> I like that. I predicted the Nuggets to win this series in seven, so I have okay. to pick the Nuggets tonight because if they don't win this, they're in deep trouble. But yeah. uh, I do have all the confidence in LeBron, and I could see the Lakers winning easily. But I'm gonna have to go with the Nuggets also. So we're gonna just have to see what happens because I, I think they're more of a complete team. I think the Lakers are more of two superstars and hope for a third guy. Yeah. When you know the Nuggets, they have the two great players, but other players feel that role very well too yeah they're like the lakers are real top heavy but the nuggets are are real balanced yeah um but yeah you know part of me does want to see the nuggets get down 3-1 just to see if they can do it <laughs> one more time yeah because they totally would come back <laughs> yeah maybe they want to get down 3-1 <laughs> right that's how they pull it out yeah that was crazy well william thank you so much for for joining me on this uh i guess special edition of nba today uh, with us filling in uh you know where where can uh what pods are you gonna be on any other pods this week or, or next week 
Uh, I think I'm going to do uh, NBA DFS podcast with Santino tomorrow. So, you oh, know, nice. look out for that. And I know you got your podcast coming up this weekend with Doug, right? That's right. Friday, we got uh, Around the Association. We put out put that out over the weekends here on the NBA Today uh, podcast network. So, yeah, keep an eye out for us here on, on HoopBall. Uh, get all of your your uh, betting and NBA. And those DFS shows are great. If you guys are big fans of DFS, you got to check out Santino and William on those uh, they give you so much help. It's it's like free money uh, getting advice from those guys. So so go check it out. Check out hoopball.com. Um, I did see. Do I want to talk about? Uh, there is a big special this weekend with my bookie. Yeah, let's talk about that. You yeah, want me to me, read it or you got it? Yeah, if you got it up, or I do have it right here All too. Right. Okay, yeah, everyone go check out mybookie.ag and uh, sign up for an account. With our promotional code Hoopball, H O O P B A L L. Whenever you make a deposit, you know, just make sure you check in every hour on Saturday for the free games they're going to be having. So it's kind of like a you know FanDuel type of situation, uh, but they're giving away a free promotion on Saturday. So you're going to want to sign up, you know, today or tomorrow uh, at mybookie.ag and enter the promo code Hoopball, and you know, have some fun, make some money. You know, it's great fun. Yeah, if you're going to go on there anyway, you might as well put in hoop ball and get some free cash. There you go. All right, perfect. Thanks, William. Uh, yeah, and thank you, everyone out there. Uh, check out Hoop Ball and all our podcasts out there on the network. We love doing this for you. We love talking hoops. And uh, I guess go Nuggets, right, since we both picked them go tonight? Go Nuggets. Lakers fans are going to hate us. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, well, that's tough. See you guys later. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.